0: What is up, my friends? Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where I interview incredible fathers gaining wisdom from their stories for you and I to grow in our craft. I'm your guide, Ned Shout, father to five kiddos, currently ages 10 to 17, and husband to my rad wife, Sarah, working on our 20th year of marriage. So, yep, I'm in the thick of it, and I'm working daily to rebel against the low expectations for fathers and create a world where fathers know who they are as they show up for their families you and I have a greatest opportunity to impact our world through the way we embrace our fatherhood role. This episode is brought to you by the adventure of fatherhood, helping men discover their powerful fatherhood role and build their fatherhood skills. The role of the father is to serve, guide, provide, protect, and of course, find joy and have fun in the messiness of it all. Today's guest is me. As I thought about an interview, I wanted to pause and go, hey, what's a little bit more about Ned? Here I am, 40 years old. What's a little bit of past, a little bit of present? What am I thinking as I reflect on the last decade of my life, and I move into this new decade? Now, is there anything really new or different? No, but there's these milestones in our life where We pause and reflect, similar to January 1st. What makes January 1st so important? Why is it that we think about the last year and we make plans for the new year? There's something in us that wants to do this pause and reflect and plan, which is great. And a lot of us do beautiful things out of that. So I wanted to share a little bit. So I wrote down a whole bunch of stuff here on my desk. I'm just gonna share this with you. Recently, I was at a five-day event with Rise Up Kings And at the end of the event, I'm sitting with a gentleman having this last rad barbecue meal. And I'm asking him, like, why are you doing this personal development stuff? Why are you growing? And he's giving me his answers. And and I'm sitting there listening to him thinking about, man, what would somebody think when I'm saying this? Why am I here? What is it that I want? And as I'm listening to him, he finally says, well, why are you doing this? Why are you seeking personal development? And I sat there for a moment. I thought, you know what, dude? When I'm at my best, depending on when you ask me, I might say, I want to lead fathers and I want to be a great husband and I'm running my business and I want to be all these things, this version of me that I'm growing towards. And it kind of hit me in the moment, like when I'm at my most intentional, purest version of Ned that I love the most, which is funny to say like that, but this is what I said to him. I said, the reason why I'm doing these things breaking down the crap and trying to uncover when I don't show up well and how to show up well and thinking through my beliefs and my habits and my systems and processes and wanting to show up well. Here's what I said. And this is what I base this conversation with you. Right now, you and me are talking. I'm sharing some of me with you. This is why I'm doing this. I said, I wanna live a life where I am living in such a way as a man that when I'm at my 50th wedding anniversary, When I am slow dancing with my queen, there's a couple hundred people in the room or a hundred people or 50 people, whatever, smiling, laughing, enjoying being in our presence. And there's, you know, there's a banner on the wall, happy 50th anniversary, and we're dancing. And this is what I said. This is not what you're going to expect. I said, and my wife grabs my crotch and leans into my ear and says, you want to sneak into the bathroom? And, and you might not think that's like, why isn't it saying this? And the reason why I'm saying this is I want to have so intentionally loved my wife that when I'm 70, when her and I are 70, they're still this young, playful, we're crazy about each other and we're wild and we enjoy that. That's just for us. Said so the other reason I'm doing this is at my son's wedding, I want my son Not to be looking in the crowd for is my dad here, but I want him before he goes up there, whatever that day that the one dude that he wants around, whether I'm like on the stage with him or not, that's not the point. But the one dude that he's just like, I need my dad to be here when I see my dad, nothing even needs to be said that we're so just like, yes, you're here, dad, you're here. I want to live a life. I want to be the man that my son can trust. I want to be the man that my son is like, dude, this is the only dude I want. And then lastly, what I said to this guy is when my daughters have their babies, I want them to want me to be there at the hospital, like to tell their husband, go get my dad, like go get my dad. I can't wait for my dad to meet my kid, his grandkid. As you can hear my voice right now, if you're watching this, like this crap gets me emotional thinking about this. At my purest right now, that is why I'm in pursuit of digging into Ned when it comes to mentally, spiritually, physically, managing my time, being a nutso on this stuff is because I care so much about what I know God has placed in my hand. And when one day I give an account of what I did to not be about me. But it's like, hey, you gave me a wife, you gave me these kids, you gave me these grandkids, hopefully these great grandkids. If I believe that to be true, that this is an incredible opportunity and responsibility bestowed upon me, then I must, I must continue to learn and grow and develop and seek feedback and put myself in situations where that's required of me. So that is why I pursue what I pursue. Now, as I look over my 30s, you know, all 30s, I had five kids. So my 30s was this enormous learning ground of building a business, having five kids. I got married at 21. So in my 30s, we're already, I'm 10 years into being married, but it's like our 20s, we had money and then had no money. And then 30s was just like growing there was a great season of living on one property for seven years with our best friends. And that was really a sweet nugget of the 30s. But I would say that even during that time, you know, we lived our five kids, my friend and his four kids, and we had such a beautiful time together, but we're also all growing up in a lot of ways. And for me myself, I was still really selfish and thought about myself a lot, which I still do now. And so that was a huge, huge growth. But it was almost like Who is Ned? Still wrestling with who is Ned? Who is Ned? And how do I show up? And what matters to me? And so 30s felt like this wrestling. And as I reflect on that, there's so much that I've learned about myself. Now that I'm looking into my 40s, it's definitely not like I have it all figured out. It is, I think, much more humble to go I don't know what I'm doing fully, but I am embracing that. I'm honest about that. I'm seeking feedback and I'm constantly growing towards this version of Ned that I know God saw. But that version of me is going to continue to grow at 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, hopefully 100. That's the goal. So as I reflect on my 20s and 30s, I had to survive. I had to grow. I thrived. Life was good, but I picked up habits such as working and performing. and wanting approval. I think as I've stepped into my 40s and I've chosen to meet more people and connect with more people, I feel very comfortable in my skin. I feel very comfortable as Ned and I feel like I am more than ever ready to operate as Ned, as authentic, genuine, loving Ned. And I'll tell you, it's taken a ton of work and it's going to continue to take a ton of work. And I'm deeply grateful. I'm deeply grateful. And I want to share a few things that have been helpful to me. But one is a mentor, Nathan Oates. I mean, this guy's met with me almost every month for years now. And he's somebody that I can every other week or once a month meet with and share. Here's what I'm going through. Here's what I'm thinking. Here are the things I like that I'm thinking about. Here's the things I don't. Here's the things I'm wrestling with. And to be that safe, open ear to go dump it. Let's go. Let's talk about it. Let's think about this. Here's some things to consider. And so having somebody like that in your life is incredibly important. And that's been very, very beneficial for me and so thankful. Over the years, I've been in and am in several groups. And I just want to throw the names out because it's like each one has helped me in a very different way. You know, the very first like real personal development thing that I went to was Rise Up Kings in January 2020. And it challenged me. I mean, it really showed me some things about myself. It was remarkable. And I've been in that group since then and continue to learn and grow and develop. And I just went three weeks ago to their five day event, you know, and that's great. It's like I'm at this event going, dude, this is remarkable. Why did I wait three years? Because there's things that I'm like, I don't want to go. I don't need it. I don't need it. So continuing to dig in and be involved in that. I mean, the programs that they have created are remarkable in that five day event, The Forge. I mean, dude, I'm talking three weeks ago, revealed things to me about myself that I had blind spots. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's why I show up that way with my wife. That's why I show up that way with my kid. These are the things that I want to know and I'm comfortable stepping into now. that I'm stepping into my 40s and and it probably has nothing to do with 40s, just the life experience here I am. The next one is Superhuman Fathers. I mean, if you followed me at all, you know when I turned 39, I was like, I want to do something from before I turned 40. And I got in the best shape I've ever been in. And Kyle and Ryan and Chris... These dudes were a huge part of that. Superhuman Fathers has helped me tremendously. And you know why? Because these guys are in the fight with you, not just for fitness. I mean, that's such a small piece of it. But for marriage and for being a dad. So that's been huge. I mean, always my heart will be with Superhuman Fathers. And then Front Row Dads, John Vroman, what he's building. I mean, I remember I've been to five, six of their events. And I remember the first event I went to, I felt like I was going to be awesome. Like, oh, I'm an author, I have a fatherhood podcast. God quickly put me in my place. Like, dude, chill out, bro, chill out. And that's why that was so helpful to me because I step into this room where I'm a freaking baby goldfish. And I I had to go back and go back and go back because my ego died there. And I still wrestle with it. I think we always will. But being surrounded by incredible men who are doing remarkable things was inspiring. Hiring. And then you come to realize if I'm making $100,000 a year or $10 million a year, there's not a big difference between us as men. We have marriages, we have daughters, we have sons, we have team members. We all have value. We all have value to offer each other. And I think it really helped me unlock like not being so tied to what's good and what's bad or what's better or what's worse, just being where you are and then loving people where they are. Remarkable, remarkable, totally grateful. Now, as I step into a few things, I have about seven, seven items that I'm really leaning into as I'm stepping into my 40s. What is most important to me? So let me just tell you where we're going so you can decide if you want to keep listening to this or not. I'm going to talk about relationships, my wife, my kids, my parents, friends, God, my faith. What are some tools that are working for me? And then I have a list of like five other things that are helpful to me right now that I am leaning into right now and see if those things are helpful. So first, before I came in here, I went in the house, I went pee and I just out of nowhere asked my wife, I was like, Hey, Sarah, what's different about me today than 10 years ago? She paused and she said, the way that you love me feels like, especially since we moved to Hawaii, you are loving me for me and not loving me for you. And guys, I'm going to tell you something, and I'll talk more about this over the next few months. I've been leaning into my marriage so much lately. Okay, now part of it is we made this move and our kids are older, but you know what? I I could have done it sooner. So I don't want to use that as an excuse. She's right. A lot of the things that I realized, man, I was sitting at a front row dad's event with this guy and I was telling him about loving my wife, loving my wife and some of the actions around loving my wife. And he challenged me with this question because I was like, man, she's just not responding the way that I want or expect. And he said, is that really love then? And I sat with that and it's like, okay, am I loving my wife? Because it's a gift. It's a gift and an opportunity that she's been placed in my life for me to love her well, or because I'm expecting something from her a support, a friend, or whatever. So my actions are because I want something. I've been leaning on that. And so I'll tell you in the last few months, especially, I've made that my number one priority, loving my wife well. I mean, I think that might be the very best gift I can give my kids more than anything is am I showing my daughters what it means for a a man to love a woman? Am I showing my son what it means to love a woman? I think that might be the best gift that I give. Relationships. As I step into my 40s, I go, this relationship is the most important. It's the most important when it comes to investing time, energy. And I know many of us will be like, well, God is the number one thing. Yes, I agree. I agree. But if on, you know, whatever judgment day looks like, God, I don't think he's going to come and say, hey, you spent too much time loving your wife. You didn't spend enough time hanging out with me. <laughs> so I don't think that's going to be the statement that he would say, Right. Man, I recently heard of a pastor that I don't know where the story came from, but a pastor who said, God, take care of my wife, take care of my kids, and I'll go share the good news with the world. And so he neglected his wife, he neglected his kids in divorce and just rampant, terrible, whatever with his kids. And he, you know, ministered and spoke on stage, but his family fell apart. That's not what the point of us being here is. I truly believe as I'm stepping more into my marriage, you know, 19 years in, or we celebrated our 19th, is that the more that I lean into Sarah, the more that I make her a priority, the more that I learn to understand what it means to be in alignment with her, in unity with her. Just yesterday, dude, just yesterday, my son didn't follow through with a couple things. I was super heated and she's on the phone with me and I'm like, okay, I'm going to call him. I finally got him on the phone and I very sternly said, boom, boom, boom you need to go home take care of these things and then i immediately called sarah and i said hey listen cuz i'm being more aware of this i said hey hey brody's going to be home soon i want you to know that you can just be loving mom hug whatever you don't have to jump on my bandwagon and and like when he comes home be angry or be mad cuz you feel like that i'm angry about this or or frustrated you know or whatever and she's like i could sense a weight off her she's like yeah I typically feel like I have to kind of step into the same energy that you're in. And I said, no, to support me doesn't mean you have to do that. To support, we're in agreement on how we want to handle this, but you don't feel like you have to bring the hammer down. Let me do that. And dude, it was beautiful. And then that just happened with one of our daughters recently too, where I was like, hey, let me come in here strong. Cause I think in times maybe I haven't. So she felt like she had to, it's a constant movement, but number one is my relationship with my wife, making that a priority. I think that's one of the greatest gifts I can give to the world. The second thing is relationships with my kids. You know, this is an interesting stage. I have four kids in high school right now. And a shift that I'm making into my 40s is my kids are my friends. They're my friends. They're my kids. They're little half-mes that I'm preparing for the world. Two things are happening. One is the writing is on the wall, my friends, that the kids are not gonna live in my home forever. The way that our family of seven is structured today will not be like this forever. I've cried three or four times in the last two weeks about Brooklyn being a senior. Now that the writing's on the wall, there's this new realization that there's things I want my kids to know that I am the one that needs to impart to them. And I narrow it down. It's a faith. Okay. I want to share our faith, not brainwash them, but tell them what it is that the shouts believe, and then give them an opportunity to choose to believe that. And so they've all chosen to believe that, you know, you can take it how you want. So leaning into that. So that's item number one. Item number two is what does it mean to be a family? So how are we a family? What matters to our family? That's something I need to impart into them. Third is finances, stewardship, okay? And it's not really just finances, but it's money time, energy. That's an area I'm spending time with them and then creating habits. Okay. So I'd say a fourth one. Well, really the the other two are fun, which I don't really need to work on that. That's easy. And then fitness, but those are just happening. They're such a part of our life that I don't have to carve out time to teach them about that. But what's fantastic is, okay, one is the writings on the wall. I realize things won't always be this way. So I'm spending more intentional time imparting what I'm learning to my children and my conversations with my kids It's more of an adult relationship. It was actually really cool. This morning, we had our, today's Thursday, and we had a timeout at the breakfast table this morning, and my parents happened to be here. And we read in Romans, what does it mean to love genuinely and honor your brother? We went around and I asked them each a question. I asked them four questions, see if I could remember. What does genuine love mean? What does honor in your brother mean? And then who is somebody that you honored yesterday and who is somebody that you can genuinely love today? We go around and Brooklyn answers the question, what is genuine love? Then Violet answers the question and then each kid. And then afterwards, my parents were like, Hey, we were really impressed with the kids answers. Like, it's clear that these conversations you guys are having, is like, it's a part of them. And it's because of their age and the consistency. So as I'm stepping into my forties, as I'm realizing the kids are leaving, you know, Stella's 10, you know, the hope is we'll always do life together. But this unlocked for me recently is be more concerned about what my kids need than about my kids' happiness because right now we're waking up at 6 a.m. and we're doing 45 minutes with dad before they go to school with what I think is you know important for them to know and they don't like it. I mean, yesterday, Violet was like, I'm over these dad mornings and what I'm learning is to not take it personal because three years ago, I'd be like, fine, go back to bed then. You don't need to be here and they try to make them feel bad. Obviously, they don't want to do it obviously. And that's, that's okay. As a dad, I don't need to be so concerned. Like, is my kid super comfortable and super happy right now? So the second one was relationships with my kids, really stepping into that and paying attention to what is it that I want my kids to know What is the character and the skills I want them to know? And guys, I'll tell you, this was one of the hardest because it's like, oh, I'd love them to be in, you know, some sort of self-defense. And I love first aid and I love this and I love this. And before you know it, it's like overkill. So I had to narrow down what are the things that are the critical? And it was faith, family, finance, fitness, and fun. Okay, those are the things. All right, this next thing that's become really interesting to me lately is less, less. I mean, my network, of friends and connections. I want to grow and expand indefinitely. But the people that I'm really, really sharing life and time with, my brother and my parents have really come in to the people that I want to make sure I'm spending time with. You know, about to go on a trip with my brother and our wives next week. I'm so pumped about this. And it's become more real to me Because, you know, with Brooklyn about to move out in a year or whatever, her sisters have been like, oh my gosh, what's it going to be like for Brooklyn not to be in our room anymore, like going to sleep at night. And so I've been thinking like, oh my gosh, my kids, I hope that they're really connected well when they're adults. And so it's like, well, how have I really been connected well to my brother, Nick? And then I'd say my cousin, Paul, that I just love and adore that. How am I spending time with these guys where I'm really connected with them? Same goes with my parents. There's this picture of my grandfather hugging my wife on the counter. And he's not around anymore. And I go, someday that will be true about my parents. How am I neglecting this? And when I go back to California for work, I go home. And what's funny is as soon as I go home, I want to run and go see my friends in town. I'm 40. And I think, shoot, one day Brooklyn's going to come home or Brody's going to come home. And I would love for them to want to be with me and not just run off to their friends all the time. And so I'm realizing I want to do that same thing with my folks and pay more attention to that relationship, that connection. And, you know, it's really interesting. Yesterday, my my parents flew into town because since Sarah and I are going out of town to celebrate my 40th with my brother and his wife, my son, my son chose to go surfing instead of go see his grandparents, which he hasn't seen in a couple of months. That was one of the things why I was mad and called him on it. Like, dude, you missed an opportunity. And so last night I sat with him at the counter and I said, hey, dude, check this out. I said, one day you're going to have a son, maybe multiple, but let's just say you have a son one day and you're going to be my age. You're going to be a dad and say, we're not neighbors. Say we don't live on the same island. And I fly over to see you or I come to see you and, and your son hasn't seen me in months. How are you going to want him to connect with me? Because how important is our relationship, Brody? Like you and me are tight. And he's like, Ah, uh, yes, I get it. I get it. And it was just a really important moment to unlock for him. Like, why does it matter to connect with your grandpa when I know you're getting that text that all your friends are going surfing, which you could do almost every day. So digging into relationships, key, key. Now, I said this a moment ago. I said my brother, it's funny, really been liking Zach Bryan lately. In one of his songs, he says, I just want a few good friends I can count on one hand. And I think to some extent in my 20s and 30s, it was like, there's this, maybe it's Facebook, maybe it's Instagram, I don't know what it is, but you spread yourself so thin that you might have a ton of relationships or connections But what's the depth of those? And I think for a long time, I was looking for like the perfect best friend or perfect friend, whatever. I don't even know what that means. And there's people that have been in my life for a long time that I adore and love. One in particular, Josh, and we are the ones who shared property together. It's like having people who know you and who have known you and who have loved you and accepted you through all stages of your life. And now it's like literally cry when dude leaves because we live in different states. You got to keep those relationships that matter. It's so easy to just go day after day after day. And I'm not saying you got to talk on the phone every day, but to stay connected to me in this new, you know, stepping into maybe this comfort of me and this, I'm on fast growth mode. Don't question that. I want to grow as a human, but I don't want to be addicted to progress in a sense that there's not massive rest. So, I mean, with that being said, rest rest is huge. This is a side note, but as I'm stepping in, you know, one of the things that I'm really working on is sleep and then Sabbath. Like what does it mean to actually take a Sunday or whatever day you choose and not have it look like every other day? I'm not a slave. You're not a slave. Doing more doesn't always actually grow you. And if you're just so focused on growth and working, like I'm not working 50 hours a week, not on my business. I am managing my time to where I'm investing, spending. You know what? Let's use the word spending. That's the shift. I'm shifting from investing time with my family to spending time with my family. Because sometimes when I think about investing, it's like, it's always about the future. It's always about the future. Like, I'm gonna do this with Brody so that we're friends in the future. I'm gonna do this with Sarah so that we're friends in the future or we're good in the future. But sometimes you just need to spend the time. You need to blow the $100 without thinking And what I mean by that is, am I spending time with my family where you're just so present? You're so present. I'll tell you, that is a shift I'm currently in, is shifting, Ned, from being intentional or investing, would be the words I would use, to spending and engaged, which is present. It's a balance. And I'll tell you, and one of the tools I'm going to share with you is tracking so let's talk about that now, is tracking. I used to track my time. So I remember listening to a Rob Dyrdek podcast, gosh, seven years ago. I remember where I was sitting in our barn on the assault bike and I'm listening to Rob Dyrdek talk about tracking his time for work. So I started tracking my time and I was monster about it. Tracking how many hours am I marketing? How many hours am I networking? And then over the years I've shifted from now, now I'm still tracking that, but I'm more tracking how much time I spent with Sarah in 2022. Okay, this was a huge aha for me. So in 2022, I tracked my time, you know, for everything. So at the end of the day, I basically could come up with like 24 to 28 hours to say I worked out and I listened to a book the whole time. That's an hour of reading and that's an hour of fitness. So it was like 24 to 28 hours. And at the end of that, I looked at the percentages. It was like 2.5%, something like that, of my time was spent with my wife. Now, I will tell you that I do. I do think that there's a difference between, yes, I gotta work at my job, typically, we gotta work for six to eight hours a day, maybe more, so there is that, and so some of it's not just time but it's energy, and I could spend a really quality half hour with Sarah, but I might need to put four hours in at work, so let's untie ourselves from that for a moment, but ultimately, I said okay in twenty twenty two I spent about two percent of my time with my wife, and then I spent like ten percent of my time in the gym or fitness that doesn't doesn't seem it doesn't seem like it lines up, it doesn't seem like that lines up so over the last couple of years I've been tracking my time with my family, with my wife, starting to go, okay, where am I spending and or investing my time? And tracking has been huge for me. So it's simple, man. I mean, Google Sheet and you just tweak it. I probably tweak it every three to twelve months of what am I tracking? How am I tracking it? Sometimes it's not always time. It's like, hey, did I make a connection with my kids today? And so I can look, you know, I use habit share for that a little habit tracking system, but did I make a connection with each of my kids at least every couple of days? Because if you don't, like, shoot, it's easy. It's easy to just get caught up in your stuff and go, well, when was the last time you had a great connection with your kid? Oh, yeah, last week. Well, if you look at the data, it actually might have been three weeks ago. But since you didn't have something to look at, how you actually know. So tracking has been huge. And I'd say tracking time, tracking intention. And then pausing to reflect on that. And I'll tell you, since tracking my time, especially with Sarah's, I've been trying to be more intentional and go all into that. It's like my goal this year was okay, 10%. I want to hit 10% of my time. And so now sometimes, sometimes you create a framework like, okay, I get up at four and I go to bed at 930. And I have this schedule, which I love having a schedule. But When I'm looking at my tracking and I'm intentional about it, I'm like, man, I haven't really connected with Sarah and she's more of a night owl. And I'll say, hey, let's hang out. Let's watch something. Let's sit out in the back and watch the stars. So then I might adjust my day. I might stay up till 11 o'clock, just laying out in the stars by the fire pit, talking, watching a show, laughing, and then just skip my workout the next day or skip or adjust something because It's easy to say that work and fitness is so important, and it is. But to spend an hour laying out under the stars with your wife because you haven't connected other than to do life, super important. Faith. Okay, where's my faith at? My faith at, this is such a beautiful thing. I know who I am. I'm a son of God. I love Jesus my 20s were definitely i would say too i don't know i'd say religious i guess i didn't drink i drank a couple times in high school didn't drink till i was 30 i was very focused on what's good and bad like am i being good or am i being bad and then to me that's kind of religious you know and then in my 30s it's more like okay i don't necessarily want to lead with i'm a christian because of the negative sides that i have felt from The perception, which I don't even know that people necessarily perceive Christians as bad. I think it's more Christians who have been burnt burnt out by the church or are the ones who see it in a negative light, but I don't know. But ultimately, this is the numero uno anchor for my life. The anchor that guides me in who I am. I think that over the last decade, my understanding of what it means to be a child of God, has really increased. And where I'm at today, what I'm working on today is I know my strengths. And I said this last night, we had a great conversation, Brooklyn and I, on the car ride home from her volleyball game. She had a friend in the car too. And I said, typically our strengths show up as our weaknesses when we are using our strengths for our own selfishness or we're trying to do it with our own power. I don't know. My point was, when I use my God-given strengths for the sake of others, that's where the beauty is. That's where... I would say you're relying on God and you're understanding this surrendering of my talents, my gifts, and that's when they can have massive change in the world because it's no longer about you. It's no longer about, does this make me look cool? Does this make me important? Does this strength I have boost my, it's not about me. I was gonna say boost my income. Those are all fine things, but when that's the primary way that I use like my gift of say leadership or speaking or connecting, if it's to grow my own status, It becomes a weakness because I'm self-focused, but when it's partnered with God and saying, God, you gave me these abilities, how do I be a part of the restoration of all things? How do I show up in this world and create beauty? Because I think, man, I know as a father, we are creators. You and I were designed to be creators, right? We've created humans. And then with every word, with every thought, with everything we do with our hands, we are either creating chaos or we're creating peace. We're creating hope. We're creating love. And when we use our strengths to create hope, love, and okay, let's talk about love. Like I was talking about with my kids in Romans today. What's genuine love? Genuine love is doing a loving action for the sake of others and not for the sake of what you may gain or get out of this. That's genuine love. And that's what I'm learning to operate in. And I can only do that if I surrender myself as I am a created being by a father who created me and loves me. Okay. So that's all relationships. That's all relationships as I step into my 40s. Okay, some other things. I'm going to do tools and then a couple other things. So tools, we talked about tracking time, energy, and I think I'm leaning more into energy. Like one of the things I've been thinking about is when I'm done working... It's not so much did I work eight hours or seven hours or four hours, but when I'm done working and I choose to walk into my house and connect with my family, am I walking into my family with like what level of energy? Am I at a four? So I have zero energy left for my family or am I at a seven or above? Start to gauge that. And if I'm at a under seven, what happened today at work? Did I put too much into the job? So measuring your energy, creating your own baseline, learning. I'm at probably a book every two weeks. Learning, I do think that sometimes I wrestle with like, Okay, make sure I'm implementing this and I'm not just a content whore and I'm just getting more and more and more, but am I seeing fruit from learning? And so that's been really helpful. Being connected with other growth-minded people, time blocking, time blocking on my calendar, things huge, okay? <laughs> dudes, if you want to do something, put it on your calendar. If you want to live a life you want, you've got to design a life you want, you've got to put it in your calendar. It's not a dead set, like everything goes perfect. You got to move things around. But if you don't plan it, if you don't put it on your calendar, if you don't create time and space, it will not happen. And you have to fight, 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 fight for the stuff that matters most. And that's what I'm realizing. Like, I really want to do X, Y, or Z. I put it on the calendar. I have to. So blocking my time is critical because if you don't, somebody will decide what you're going to do with your time the other thing right now as I'm stepping into my 40s is habits. What are the habits that are working well for me? What are the habits that got me to where I am that I don't need anymore? And what are habits that I've been lacking on? So last year created a rad habits around food and fitness. That was phenomenal. A habit that's not working for me anymore is working at the level of stress. Like once I started hearing my kids say, I'm so stressed, At 13, I'm like, oh my gosh, you've set some terrible standards for your kids. So I'm unbundling myself from that, which is taking time. A habit that I've neglected is working on my finances. And so that's like right now we have a habit every day. My wife and I, we check in, we pray, we look at our finances. We want to be really good stewards right? We want to be good stewards for ourselves, for our kids, set good habits for our kids. And that's been a huge conversation. Right now, one of the mornings that I meet with the kids, we're going through the Dave Ramsey homeschool course. We just watch one video every Wednesday morning and we talk about it. And I'm telling you guys, the conversations have been remarkable. I mean, remarkable. You're talking under a hundred bucks. If your kids are 10 to 17, dude, you could lead that. I mean, I got notes in my own journal learning from it. Okay. Let's cruise. Let's cruise. Okay, I think this is obvious that I've said this, but creating time to reflect. I'm doing that more often. And I would love to create a better habit of that. But guys, if you're going to do a dashboard, if you're going to journal every month or three months, or at least Oh, this is at least once a year. Pause, pause. You are the CEO of your house. You are the servant of your house. You're the top, you're the bottom. You have to be looking at and in tune with what's going on here. This has been critical for me. And in the past, my 30s, I would say I did it a lot for like getting to where I wanted to go, getting to where the goals that I had. And now I'm way more in tune with what does my wife need? What does she want? How can I help her? What about my kids? What is it that they want? What is it that they need? How can I help them? So pausing, not just to look at my business, not just to look at my fitness or my life or my time. See, my, my, my. But what about our family, our home, our goals? Okay, looking at that. But it only happens if you create space with yourself to think and reflect. You have most answers inside you. You just got to stop with all the noise long enough and often enough to like get those answers. Something huge for me is I love to create. That's something for Ned. Ned is a leader and Ned is a creator. And let's talk about creator first, okay? Let's talk about creator. I wanna create. I've got the book, the journal, the podcast. I love to create. And the wrestle is, am I creating for validation or am I creating because it's what's inside me? And again, that comes back to the strength and weakness. When I'm creating as purely a gift that I wanna give away, like at the beginning of this conversation, when I'm like almost in tears, Because of talking about my wife and kids, that's the creator that's genuine and authentic. And that's the dude I'm fighting for. I love to do it. But checking my motive regularly. Now, the leader, I want to lead. I want to lead. What does that mean? Well, I've learned so much about that. You know, I want to lead my home. I want to lead my business. And I want to lead and love father's. When I think about this, I really think about it from a father's perspective. I think the world's perspective of a leader is like, got it figured out. It's got status, crushing it. When I think of a father, like a genuine father, I think is somebody who has been there, who is still in the fight, who's vulnerable and open to share it. And then who is there and available to love those around them. That is the genuine Ned that I'm stepping into in my 40s and continuing to wrestle with. And again, that comes back to motive. Why am I doing this? Why am I wanting to have this podcast? Why am I wanting to write a book? Why am I wanting to speak at this conference? And I realize it's my gifting, but to use it for the sake of others. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's the real gift. When you are able to do something out of genuine love for somebody, that is when you feel the most fulfilled. What is the gift that you're sitting in? What is the thing that sometimes shows up as a weakness or you get in trouble for? Is it because you're using it for yourself? Now, I wanted to end with this. I love journaling. Put out the Fatherhood Journal a while ago and it was based on questions I was asking myself at that time and it's still helpful. But there's some questions that I'm asking myself and I don't ask them every day. Typically, a couple times a week, I'll write down one of these questions and I'll really ponder it instead of, I don't know, trying to crush out 10 journal questions. So here's five questions I'm asking myself regularly as I'm stepping into this decade and wanting to be the best version of myself, which even sounds like a stupid thing. The best version of myself is just like the crap we say. What does that even mean? So that I can show up authentic for the sake of others and be the version that I like, not operated by ego, but operated by my core values and, and purpose. So here's the questions. Okay. Ned, when was your motive self-focused yesterday? So to stop and go, when was my motive self-focused yesterday? So if I think back to yesterday, let's just do this together. If I think back to yesterday, yesterday was a really great morning. Great morning. And then I got kind of feeling like I was behind. And I can't think of how my motive was self-focused yesterday. The day before that, though, I can. I mean, I was stressed and I was rude and I was just about my time, my time. So if that was the day before. All right, next question. Yesterday, did I fight more for my wife and kids or for fathers? Okay, so this is a great one. Was I fighting more for adventure fatherhood and rebel and create? Did I make that more important than my wife and kids? And so to sit and wrestle, like I know my gift and I wanna lean into my gift and I wanna do it well, but am I putting that on a shelf above what's most important to me? So keeping that in check. And it could be anything. It doesn't mean don't be passionate about surfing or golfing or motorcycles or your job or your career or your business or whatever. It just means that checking in with yourself, am I putting this above the thing that at the end of my life is most important? Okay, third question. How did I lean on God yesterday to provide for my needs? So yesterday, how did I lean on God to provide for my needs versus just 100% thinking that Ned is king of the universe. Great question. Especially when you get, I get obsessed with time. I don't know what you get obsessed with, but I get obsessed with time and like, Oh my gosh, I got to get this done. And Hey, what do you need right now? Because I'm super busy. And all of a sudden that makes it where it's like, this is all hundred percent on me. And I think that every little action I do is going to freaking matter so much that I can't pause and go, Hey God, I'm available. I'm open. Like if my phone rings and it's so-and-so, To pause and go, this is an opportunity that maybe they need something. Maybe I can connect with them. Maybe I could be a friend to them instead of, oh my gosh, look who's calling me. All right, so how am I leaning on God? Fourth question, how did you operate as Ned yesterday? So when I think about Ned, playful, compassionate, loving, right? You got to be in tune with what's the version of you that you like? What are the things about yourself that you like? So how did I operate as me? Yesterday, I went to my daughter's volleyball game. I sometimes will bring my laptop in. I didn't sit and work on it during the game, which is like a, probably an obvious, that's a douchey move, bro. Sometimes I used to like listen to an audiobook while the kids are all in the car. And instead I'm like, I just really want to connect and be present. And so I didn't have my own thing while they're listening to their music. And we had a beautiful, like 40 minute conversation on the ride home, which I shared some of with you. And that's the net I like, like engaged in tune with his family. And then fifth question I'm asking myself right now, what did I make about me yesterday? What did I make about me yesterday? Now, yesterday was a pretty darn good. It's kind of interesting. As I think about it, there was a few chores yesterday. And the plan, the plan was that I was going to take Brooklyn or volleyball game. But then some things changed with picking up a car from a mechanic and the, the game time changed. So I could have let Sarah go to the game. And if she asked me, I probably would have said, yeah, go. But I still went to the game. And, and I'm not saying that I shouldn't have. But Sarah went and picked up my parents from the airport, went and picked up the car from the mechanics and had to go to the bank to get cash. And there was some, oh, took all the kids to ortho and dentist. And so there was a moment where I'm driving the girls to the volleyball game and we're listening to music, having fun. And I'm like, damn, Sarah's doing a lot while I'm doing this. So I don't know. I mean, that would be something that I would write down and reflect on and go, did I make that about me? But I'll tell you when I had the revelation and I, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but I called sir and I just said, Hey, I want to recognize you. You are freaking crushing it today. You're, you're like really taking care of the family. Um, thank you for doing all that. Um, <clears throat> so awareness, you guys, awareness is what I'm stepping into. So, all right, let's see. Those are the questions. i got all these notes down here. I hope this was somewhat interesting. <laughs> I guess we'll see. We'll see. So what do I leave you with? I leave you with you matter tremendously. Being a father is is one of the most important things you will ever do, the most important role you'll play. And when I say father, I'm working to redefine what fatherhood means. And to me, fatherhood is a posture towards life. It is not just that I have kids, but being a father is being in tune with my spouse if I'm married, loving the mother of my children. Regardless of if I'm with her, whatever that looks like, but being a father is you are a creator, you are highly aware of who you are, you are dangerous bro you're day you're dangerous, like I love that word, you're dangerous, you have so much effing power, you have the power to love a woman in a way that she flourishes into a garden that is undeniable. You have the power to speak life into your son that he has a foundation to go build a family. A family. You have the power to speak life and to set an example to your daughter that she is confident in her own skin. She knows she has a voice. As you and I pursue the men that God designed us to be, let us not lose sight of continuing to grow and learn and pause and reflect on the past and plan for the future, but be engaged and present today. This was Rich, my friends. I hope it was for you. I sure love talking about fatherhood. Throw a little plug out there adventure of fatherhood is launching we've got two intro courses one for brand new dads and one for dads who are just trying to figure out what it means to be a dad you can go to adventure click on courses you can message us right now you can get a 50 percent off code as we're launching that and then you'll have the option to go into our 90 day course and then we'll be launching family meeting course and you know what if you know a new dad go order him the new dad box on adventure fatherhood.com you guys my kids might marry your kids you've heard me say this your friend who just had a baby his kid might marry your kid you better invest in that guy tell him who he is help him show up for his family it matters and no one's going to invite a dude into his role you got to be the one to do it thank you to all you dads out there listening to and creates fatherhood field knows podcast what you do matters do not be like everyone else be yourself that is your kids spouse and community needs this is your guide ned shout together let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in mastering the craft of fatherhood. I look forward to hanging out with you next time.